Welcome to another episode of the Military Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Big Chief. And today, I want to talk to you guys about what's been frustrating me over this past week concerning the situation that's going on over in Israel and this conflict between um, the Palestinians or the smaller uh, representation of that group, uh, Hamas, and uh, Israel, and then also um, the impact that this is having uh, globally. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, three different points. Uh, The first point I want to start off with is the box. All right, so everyone is born into a box, whether you know it or not. Uh, When you come into this world, your parents uh, have certain beliefs, your society has a certain culture, your country has a certain narrative, and you go through a process uh, of indoctrination that we call school uh, that teaches uh, the perspectives of the location that you're at. So the school that you're in, uh, in Russia or the Middle East or America, will have totally different perspectives of world events that will be stuffed in your head from the time you're old enough to identify shapes and animal sounds. And then your parents um, will generally share all their perspectives out of their experiences in life and make sure that you are aligned with those uh, perspectives as well. Uh, You'll go to a certain religious institution, whether it's a church or a mosque or a synagogue, and you will follow the cultures and beliefs of your religion. Uh, Your parents will have a certain political um, affiliation uh, and maybe also a specific uh, gender identity or sexual orientation that you will be aligned to, um, all the way down to dietary choices, uh, whether your parents teach you that um, having a vegan lifestyle is the best and if you eat animals, it's bad. But bottom line is that we are all stuffed into a box uh, when we were born. And that box shapes uh, our views of the world. And these boxes uh, are the more dividing than they are uniting. It's not like those Russian dolls where you can take one and put it inside the other and they can all live in, in uh, harmony like those Russian dolls. These boxes are generally the same size. Some are smaller you know, less significant perspectives and some are larger, but generally just imagine these boxes that are only stackable. They can only live next to each other, but nonetheless, they're dividing and they have parameters. And the moment that you explore anything outside of this box, then you'll receive a harsh uh, response from whoever the orchestrators of that box uh, are. So whether it's, it's the Society, the parents, the religious institution, the environmentalist, whoever constructed this box that you once upon a time subscribe to will react harshly uh, when you try to leave this box. So why is that relevant in the context of what I want to discuss? Well, it's relevant because I want you to assess your own box. What boxes do you live in? that were constructed for you. A lot of people um, are just born and they jump into a pre-constructed box and those are dangerous. Those are dangerous because um, that's why we have racism. That's why we have hate crimes. 
That's not why we have extremism, because people are born into these boxes that they don't check. And we measure and and condemn other people's boxes that they're born into and say that box is bad, you know, and it's all it's all, you know, subjective, you know, because the box that you're in, other people would view as bad and they will respond to it the same way that you criticize others. So I personally um, choose, have chosen over my life to not live inside of a box. And I uh, started when I was young, you know, exploring religious affiliations, trying to understand what this was all about, um, and then realizing that they were there were truths in in all different religions, and that they were all worth exploring to just see what the ideas were. And the same thing with um, political affiliations. You know, if if you choose. Republican or Democrat, they, you know, sometimes one side gets it right and sometimes the other doesn't. I started to choose to build my boxes based off of the merits of my experiences uh, without any type of filters that were created for me to process the world through. Um, These boxes, you know, are the reason why we see uh, people being indiscriminately killed and murdered um, because of their, you know, ethnicity. If you come from a certain place of the world, if you have a certain religion, um, you will be targeted uh, because somebody was born into a box, and they they were taught to hate. They were taught that black is bad, or if you come, if you're Hispanic, then you're probably an immigrant, and if you have a certain sexual orientation, then it's against you know a religious. Um, you know, good standing, you know, if you, I mean, even political um, boxes, you know, do you believe in abortions? Do you believe in gun rights? Are guns good? Are guns bad? Um, Sports teams, you know, people fight over that. And just something as simple as evolution, you know, was the world created through evolution process or was it a divine creation from God? I mean, there's so many things that divide us. And the orchestrators of these box, these boxes, um, they tend to tr- try to dehumanize and desensitize um, the people who live in these boxes against everyone who's outside. If you look at the situation that's going on over in Palestine, we paint the the people who live in Gaza with a broad brush and say Hamas. And, you know, as I watch these social media feeds and I see the inside of Gaza with my own eyes um, through the lens of someone else's character. And I see um, the, the children, the innocent children, the women, the men who just want to take care of their families like I do. And I see these folks um, being generally labeled and the narrative on, on the wider part is working because there's a lot of people around the world that will not take two extra steps to peek out their box and say, is this really a true statement? I mean, in any sense of the word, is it is it ever right to indiscriminately kill over 9,000 people without any type of, you know, strategic um, approach? Would that be okay if it happened in America, would it be okay if it happened in Germany, where I currently live, if there were 
you know, for example, um, another country wanted to get after uh, American troops or troops from another nation. Well, troops are scattered all through society. So would we find it acceptable to indiscriminately destroy um, innocent civilians and institutions and things of that nature because we are just in integrated into society so therefore everyone becomes a target there is no there is no right um on on the in the perspective of taking innocent lives it doesn't matter if it was the hamas group who has an objective to target um israel it doesn't make it right if it's uh israel that is indiscriminately killing um, women and children and and people who are not affiliated or not affiliated by choice uh, with the targets. Um, for the people who were targeted um, on, on October 7th, all the, all the Israeli people who died, the 1,400 of them who have died, that is also a tragedy. But we were always taught growing up that two wrongs don't make a right. At some point in time, morality has to prevail. We we can't allow society and the narrative to continue to dehumanize us and pull us into corners of perspectives uh, to a point where we don't value human lives anymore or where we don't speak up. And when you do speak up, you feel un-American because you don't go along with the narrative that's given to you. Well, I will tell you that speaking up is probably the most American thing that you can do because we have values and beliefs and we were, you know, built on the idea that there will be liberty and justice for all and not just for people who live within the borders of America because remember America is a melting pot of cultures and races and religions of people from all over the world. America is a land of immigrants. So when we say liberty and justice for all, we're talking about every race, read, excuse me, race, creed, religion, um, people of sexual orientation, it doesn't matter who you are, what you love. Uh, what you affiliate yourself with, just as long as it's not doing harm to other to others, um, we want we want liberty and and peace for everybody. And when when we find ourselves pulled into a corner where when you feel, and this is where you get into the perspective of, are you really being, you know, controlled? Are do you really have free speech? You'll find the limits of that when you say something that goes outside of the narrative and then you feel uncomfortable. Why do you feel uncomfortable? Because there is a box that you live in that you've now you're leaning on the wall and leaning on the wall feels uncomfortable because, you know, now you're getting to the, the edges of what you have been taught um, to be socially uh, acceptable. I've seen um, I can't remember which which uh, book or article I was reading, but it was about a guy uh, who had grown up as a racist. He was a leader in the KKK, and you know he told his daughter <clears throat> that he never wanted her to, you know, deal with black people or marry black people. And and she decided uh, to go out there and um, marry a black person. 
and he was he was livid. He was super upset. He was beside himself. He, you know, surprised that he didn't put his own daughter out there <clears throat> to be killed. But anyways, they end up having uh, a child together. And he said that when he held his grandchild and he saw how his grandchild didn't see white or black, how his grandchild loved him unconditionally, then he realized the error in his ways. He realized that he was living in this box of perspective that it took a child's love and the interaction with his grandchild. The grandchild that he didn't want anything to do with, eventually when he interacted with that child, that child broke his world and pulled him out of that box. And unfortunately, um, some people will never find that opportunity to break their world, to tear down the walls of their boxes and come out and say, it doesn't matter if my neighbor is a Muslim or a Jew. It doesn't matter if my neighbor is white or black. It doesn't matter if my neighbor, you know, migrated here to my country, wherever that might be, whether you're a citizen in Germany or UK or America, it doesn't matter where this person came from. What matters is, is that they're fulfilling their purpose in life. They're fulfilling, they're looking for happiness. They're in the pursuit of happiness, you know, and that's what we want for people is that folks thrive and and they're able to, um, you know, contribute to their own story, you know, unimpeded, unaffected by somebody else's uh, prejudice. So <clears throat> point number two is the perspective programming. What we would think as common sense, it's not common to all. So common sense is subjective. I might say, um, you know, it should be obvious that, you know, killing women and children is wrong. It's obvious that, you know, one bad guy in a group of a thousand people um, doesn't constitute um, blowing up a thousand people. You know, we call that terrorism when it happens. Uh, in America, we call that terrorism when it happens anywhere in the world. But common sense is not common to all people. So I don't, I don't uh, get upset at people who don't get it. For people who spew the narrative of human shields and things of that nature, and say, "Oh well, all these people died because Hamas uses, uh, you know, human shields." Well, you know, again. If the narratives were flipped and you were to take two or three bad guys and stick them in a densely populated um, city anywhere else in the world and you were to just say, uh, let's fire a Tomahawk missile at that building and, you know, kill a thousand people to get three, you know, would, would you find that acceptable? Especially if your family members were inside that building that was getting blown up? Probably not. All right. The, the, the common sense that we that we expect people to have because we have it um, is not always fair. So what we're responsible for is to be open to having discussions, um, share, share our views and don't expect those views to change the other person, uh, other person's perspective right there in the moment in that conversation. People will um, get up in arms and many of you probably are, are already up in arms about my perspective. And it takes time um, and, you know, life has to keep happening uh, for people to get a different point of view. And history, usually, um, when you look at it, they say that, that hindsight's twenty twenty, And I believe a lot of circumstances like slavery, um, hindsight was twenty twenty because you couldn't tell anybody during that time that 
it was wrong to capture and enslave people and, you know, murder people uh, when they were fighting for their freedom. You know, how dare you? During that time, you know, the perspective was this is normal. This is ordained and they used religion to support uh, what they were doing. So you never want to be on the wrong side of history and you want to really think about why do I believe what I believe? Is it based off of the news? Is it based off my education, you know, that I got in school, my history lessons that have taught me that Russia equals bad? Yes, from a nation state level, there are conflicts between governments and and, and people, but there are lots of wonderful Russian individuals who just happen to be conceived in that part of the world and they're wonderful people. And, you know, it's like rolling the dice. Who knew where your soul would pop up in this crazy world? You know, God rolled the dice and then you landed in America or he rolled the dice and you landed in Germany or Britain or UK or wherever, wherever you ended up, you ended up on lucky for you, the right place. Um, that you know gives you what you need but there's always going to be some type of programming um, that is shaping your perspectives and realize that even the news is not all good uh, we know fox news just went through a whole uh, lawsuit for spreading false information you know how could that happen if everything is accurate and news stations also have political affiliations and, uh, you know, you have to be sensitive to the filtered perspectives. I mean, celebrities have been saying it uh, for years that, you know, a 10 second soundbite is, you know, extracted to paint a broad picture. And most people, you know, for lack of a better word, are lazy and they don't want to go out there and do anything extra to get a different perspective. They, they turn on the TV, they ingest a program. And when I say program, like a computer programming into their minds, and then they go out into the world and they act on this programming and there's no further inputs to challenge the information that has went into their into their minds. But I'm asking people to challenge your own beliefs, challenge your confirmation uh, biases that you seek when you say, um, and I do this quite often, you know, I don't just look at one side of the picture. I, I have this philosophy that in our lifetime, we will never quite know with full certainty what is um, determined to be truth. The way I determine truth is through consistency in information through multiple sources over time. That's how I derive my truths. So that's why I can say I don't live inside of a box because I allow my narrative to be challenged and rewritten if there is supporting information over time. And if certain information is consistent, I write it into my memory bank as a truth. Most people don't approach life that way because we are distracted by things that are um, much more complicated. And the moment that you get invested into a problem set, whether it's a societal problem set or a problem set on the global uh, level, the moment that you get invested in it, before you can deepen your understanding, a new problem will pop up in the society or in the world and distract you. You know, we have very short attention spans and that's why the TikTok algorithm 
uh, says that you should keep your videos only like 30 seconds long because um, it's known that people will not dedicate their attention to a topic longer than maybe 30 seconds. So if that's you, then when you talk to your friends, if you find yourself in a circle of everybody saying, yeah, 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 I agree, I agree, I agree, then find that one person that doesn't agree and get their perspective and ask them for for supporting information that you can go consider. There's lots of information out there about all topics, um, whether you are um, not understanding the gender identity piece or whether you're not understanding the political piece or the religious piece or the racial piece. Um, you know, go educate yourself a little bit and break free out of the, that program. So why is why is this programming, you know, harmful? And, you know, something to consider is that you we most people go through life feeling righteous uh, in their actions of condemning other people based on their own standards. So if my standard is, uh, you know, I had um, someone recently tell me that they saw a, a woman that was wearing a hijab. She had her head wrapped. She was Muslim and she immediately had a negative response to this because she felt as if it was oppression of of women and that you know she, this woman should you know be aware of how she was being oppressed and remove it and fight against it and retaliate against it but that is that woman's culture you know we she was being measured off of the standards of another individual uh, and she believed that she should conform to her standards and I hear this often and people will usually give you a peek inside their minds. If you talk to them long enough, you will see a peek of the ugliness of society and of individuals. And it gets pretty scary because you'll start to realize that everyone is on the brink of radicalization. It just takes the right enablers to remove all the things that we call taboo for, for, the, for the floodgates to open up. You know, So we're killing a demon before it rises out of the gates of hell when you, when you challenge your perspectives or you challenge the perspectives of your groups because these demons that come out, they come out and they look like Gaza. They look like Palestine. They look like what's going on right now. And, uh, you know, if you haven't, you know, disconnect from the political narrative, disconnect from, you know, what the countries are saying they support or, or don't support, connect from the human perspective. And just, I challenge you to go out there and, and find some videos, you know, I've recently been scrolling through different social media sources um, that are not filtered and seeing uh, these young kids, you know, being blown up or parents running, holding their dead children wrapped in blankets. And my son is 15 years old. And I imagine, you know, when I see these fathers crying uncontrollably, I imagine how would I feel? You know, how does that father feel? But, but how would I feel if I were, were in that situation? And again, you know, it's like almost I have a social PTSD from the situation because I went shopping yesterday and there was a, a little girl. She looked like she was possibly Middle Eastern. Her parents, um, you know, had the hijab and, you know, they looked like they were from the Middle East. And she was the cutest little girl. And she was sitting there with her big eyes and she was eating some candy laying in a stroller. And she was looking at me and smiling and I was thinking, this is the same face that is currently terrorized and afraid 
over uh, in the Middle East right now. And she can be wrapped up in a blanket in a different if she were born in a different part of the world at this time. I know a lot of people would say, well, there's a lot of things going on, you know, this retribution for, you know, the the Jewish people who were killed. <clears throat> and yes, I agree in my heart's my heart goes out to all of those individuals who have suffered loss. I have friends who are also um, Jewish. And, you know, again, I say that all people's lives matter. And we've learned this um, through the whole George Floyd situation, right? We, you know, a lot of people challenged the the idea um, and the narrative of all, you know, Black Lives Matter. And a lot of people challenged that narrative and said all lives matter. And I tend to agree that all lives matter. And for those uh, individuals who carried out those actions, um, yes, we can go get those individuals. And we showed that in Iraq, where I went to Iraq, so I feel like I'm qualified to speak on this situation. Um, we didn't, you know, we said Osama bin Laden was the individual that we needed to get. We went out, we went to Iraq, we did a lot of things in Iraq, and Osama bin Laden was not even in Iraq. You know, so we, we, you know, got him on a on a very targeted operation under uh, President Obama. So so the, the question is, is, you know, can we exercise, you know, more a more deliberate approach to preserve uh, human life? Um, so back to the idea of the perspective programming. All right. So a lot of folks seek validation from the groups that they're in. And that's what perpetuates these divisive boxes that we live in because if you talk to your friends um who are very patriotic or very nationalistic or very dedicated to to their belief system which you also are associated with um you won't dare share an idea that conflicts with that group because the moment that you do you'll say well what if i get thrown out of this box and it's cold and uncomfortable outside the box but i'll tell you that is beautiful outside the box, you know, because outside the box, I have found acceptance for all people. I tell folks that I'm a child of the world, you know, because I truly feel that way. I feel like every human is my brother and my sister. And the ones that hate me are only in that mindset because they have been programmed. They are victims of their circumstances. And I try, I try to disarm that through being positive, showing love and 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 yes the world is not you know all cuddly and you know rainbows and butterflies and there are people who will stick to their biases and there's a lot of people that would kill me dead in my tracks because of who i am and what i believe and what i stand for um and i i accept that and that's just a part of this soup that we call life and humanity but it doesn't um stop me from my efforts to be a good ambassador, um, to get folks to come on this journey of not choosing a box, but just choosing life and happiness and acceptance. You know, there's more um, comfort in that approach. When you when you live inside of a box, it's a war every day. It's a war, you know, in every encounter, and even for the for the unspoken um, ideas between people. For example. You know, you might feel have a strong feeling about immigration and, and you're sitting on the bus and you're watching, you know, people who you feel might be immigrants and you are going through this internal conflict like, oh, what are you even doing here? Right. I mean, we saw this during COVID. 
when when the narrative of the China flu was being spread around, how much the division occurred during that time. You know, Asian people were being attacked on buses. I saw videos of people screaming at Asian people, go back to your country. We don't want you here. This is your country. America is everyone's country. And and people were being just attacked. And, and I was like, man, this is this is horrible. And, you know, again, you know, that might be you. That might be somebody in your group. But, you know, that's got to stop because, you know, we're seeing the, the massive impacts in the, in the world is, is, you know, slowly disintegrating and especially uh, now that we have the internet where information is highly accessible hate spreads fast I mean I mean at fiber optic speeds uh, hate spreads fast and and just an idea um, of, of a few people can ra- radicalize individuals all around the world you know and I talked in a lot last podcast about that six-year-old kid uh, and his mother who was attacked just because uh, they were Muslim and the, and the landlord truly believed that they might plan a, a, a terrorist attack because, you know, there was a call for, for jihad across the whole world. And and he knew that they were affiliated um, with with Islam and they were I believe they were actually Palestinian. So this little kid was stabbed over 20 times uh, and, and murdered because this guy lived in a box because he had this truth in his head that was was far from the truth. Uh, and that these people would do something, a mother and a child would come after him and, and blow him up. And again, you know, we're, we're taught to fear this, this, this unnatural response to the world that we have is not of your own doing. This response to the world is because you watched a lot of documentaries um, that have taught you what, you know, who's the bad guys, who's the good guys. It's because you've watched that one news program and you lived in that one community and you found people who align with your beliefs and you've deepened those beliefs over time. And then you became radicalized and you don't even realize it when we call other people uh, radicals or extremists. You know, we have to check ourselves. So perspectives um, are, are 100 percent true from the vantage point of the person who holds that perspective. So if somebody believes um, that the opposite, you know, religion or stance on a political issue is wrong. I mean, you can't tell a person who strongly believes in their um, right to bear arms. Uh, you can't tell them they're they're wrong when they're talking to a person who believes there should be gun control uh, because of mass shootings. Um, both individuals will hold truths in their mind. They can't be disarmed. The only way that we can disarm it is if we do that ourselves. You know, they, they, you know, I talked before about how when you have everybody has this inner voice and this inner voice is, is the most powerful um, manipulator that exists. If you want to change something or you want to harm yourself, that inner voice is more powerful than any external voice. If somebody comes to you and says you're fat and you're ugly, what are you going to do? You're going to be like, I'm not fat and I'm uh, and ugly. You're going to want to fight them. You're going to reject that idea and you're going to get violent to respond to that insult. But inside your own head, if you say I'm fat and I'm ugly, you accept it. You believe it. It defines your self-esteem. You become depressed. That inner voice is powerful. And the same thing when it comes to perspectives. If I preach to you for uh, 45 minutes to an hour on a podcast, this is going to bounce off of that 
ego, that shield, that programming that you've established, and it's going to just fall back on the ground. You're not going to challenge your beliefs because those are your beliefs. It takes for you to be personally accountable and to question, you know, have I been programmed? Am I a robot that's just been information has been poured into my mind and it continues to be poured into my mind to and the pieces that confirm my beliefs, and my biases. That's what I allow through, you know, because we have. You know, I believe it's the amygdala that deals with fear response and fight or flight. But when your brain, your subconscious receives information that conflicts with a preconceived notion of how things are, your mind is going to reject it violently. You're going to go into a fight or flight mode and you're going to reject new ideas. The only way that you can disarm that mechanism is by opening yourself intentionally to new ideas. And that's what we need to do um, around the world. So that way people don't feel comfortable um, going around and just, you know, perpetuating this problem. So what's the impact of all of this? And and I'm going to start off with, you know, a recent situation that I've had. All right. So as you guys know, I have the Military Mentor Podcast and I also have a Facebook uh, page where I allow parents to come on there and, you know, present their challenges of their kids and I'll interface with these kids over phone or Zoom sessions. I help them work through their issues. So there I was posting um, some of these podcasts on the page and this individual sends me an inbox message and he says, hey, what type of um, mentorship are you trying to give these kids? So I'm thinking that's just an inquiring parent. So I said, you know, we, we talk about, you know, whatever is impacting the kid. We talk about self-help topics whatever you need, what you have in mind? And then he was like, well, who's doing the mentorship? And I was like, well, myself and other active duty or retired service members, you know, that's the, the, the mentors. The goal is to align service members uh, to society to kind of give back in the way of mentorship. And then he starts to unleash on me and he was like, well, I don't want military me- members you know, getting there to our kids. So if you want to do something good, stay away from our kids. And then he starts to express all of this, um, you know, disgust and anger towards the military because of his perception that we just indiscriminately go overseas and kill people. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that he's he's been watching uh, the narrative over in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, where, you know, family members have been um killed because of American bombs and and it has shaped his view of the world that anyone who wears a uniform is a murderer and has ill intentions globally and that we are not people of moral and value and character and you know I I warn the service members out there that you will experience people who have especially uh, we saw this during Vietnam you know, we, we're going to see it again um, in emerging conflicts that unfortunately service members will be a new group that, that will be targeted with people's frustrations about their perspectives of what's going on in the world. You know, they're going to say, you're the service members, you're the ones with the guns, you're the ones with the bombs, you're, you're the ones controlling the drones and, and service members will be on the side of of that anger like I received and and usually and it was a very surreal circumstance for me because in my 20 years of service 
I have never personally come across the individual that did not like the military. I was always aligned to the people who said, who said, thank you for your service. You're protecting our freedoms and stuff like that. That's what I was accustomed to being engaged with. But this guy was going back and forth and I'm, I'm having a dialogue with him. I'm, I'm allowing him to express himself. And I didn't get offended. And I told him that I understand his concerns. I understand how he might feel. But you know, the military is a microcosm of society. There are good people in the military to have great intentions. And there are people who, who just like in the police force, will leverage their authority and their ability to kill and do bad things. And, and that is true anywhere. You know, we have average Americans uh, who have different affiliations to political groups or religious groups in America, you know, committing murders and rapes and all kinds of stuff. But that doesn't make Americans bad generally, or that doesn't make those groups that that individual identified with bad generally. And again, the impact is that, you know, there will be someone who will become a a group that will become targeted uh, because of world events. And we have to get ahead of that um, by becoming self-aware and spreading that self-awareness. So that way, if it is the military that is going to be the group that's on the chopping block or if it is going to be the the muslims that are angry at generally all jewish people or the jewish people who are generally angry at all muslim people we have to disarm that hate before it starts we have to disarm it in ourselves first because you know they they again there are people you know who are bad and who are affiliated with bad groups with bad intentions but it's not everyone all right and um you know this this situation in Israel has a complex history, and and we can't really choose a side, um, you know. Because I even I seen some videos, and uh, there was folks who had who said you know the the black community um, should just stay out of this because there's you know sectors inside of Gaza where they also discriminate against black people. So you know this is not our fight. You know, so everybody is trying to find a way, you know, that to to say, okay, who should you really side with? Should you side with no one? Should you pick a side? This and that. I don't pick any side. I pick the side of what's right. I pick the side of humanity. I pick the side of of you know what's the best outcome for people. When bad people do bad things, then they should be held accountable. Right? The people who are not um, a part of that, the people who are innocent bystanders. Um, in, in a conflict, you know, uh, should should not have to suffer the consequence of, you know, a, a small group of people. You know, we tend to, as citizens, get wrapped up into bigger political conflicts that we know nothing about. We're going through our lives just trying to live, you know, just trying to put food on the table and raise our kids and, and teach them morals and values and and one day a rocket comes and blows you up because, you know, there was some type of global trade conflict that had no interest to you. The only thing that, that you're interested in is the fact that the price of your Xbox went up or the price of food went up or whatever. But on the large scale of things, you didn't see that turning into a nuclear bomb on your head, you know, but that is the, the matter of fact is that, you know, we are part of. Um, societies and those societies have larger agendas and issues that the guy at the lowest level, that child that's, you know, going to school can't even begin to understand the complexities of the world they, they grew up in, but they get to be the inheritors of the problems, you know, and 
you know, that's a part of the, you know, the issue and why we have to, to get and get ahead of it. And, and as I dug into the idea more and more, I realized that um, peace is actually a modern invention. Peace is a, a, a delineation between humanity and animalistic behavior. Uh, animals don't understand peace. They understand natural order. You know, they understand that when the lion's hungry, the lion eats. And when he's not hungry, everybody's safe to live. All right. But there's never going to be a truce between a gazelle and a pack of uh, lions. All right. So we have evolved as people and we're living in some of the best times uh, that have ever existed because we understand the concept of peace. We have we understand the concept of of de-escalation. And this was not always the case. So we have to continue to build that narrative. We were designed to be at conflict. People would generally fight over resources and they would generally organize into groups. Um, this is a part of sociology. Um, it's just natural that if you take a large group of people, they will break into smaller groups. And this is a, you know, a proven fact um, that this will happen. But because we are evolved... Um, from our perspectives, uh, we have to continue to do that and not have a regression back into the animalistic nature um, in which we were designed to operate. Uh, I was um, looking at this clip about these folks from Africa, and this guy was um, interviewing with someone from a European country, and she was explaining that what she would want is for the Africans to go back to Africa and stop coming to Europe and other places around the world. And, you know, this guy, you know, brilliantly said, you know, the same countries that don't want us want our resources. So you come to our country, you take our resources, but you say, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a push the people back. Don't don't come to, to my country, but I want your resources. He said, that's the equivalent of you stealing my TV, but then say, I can't come to your house to watch TV. And I'm like, you took my TV. If, if you didn't take my TV, you wouldn't have a TV to watch. You know, so what that illustrated to me is that we all need each other. Um, countries produce resources, people add value, but we can't just take value from other people and not be willing to allow humanity as a general idea to prosper from the exchange of value. And if we, if we breed that mindset, then what are we heading into as, as a people that, that, you know, folks are just resources to be used and, you know, all the way till they're extinguished. Um, you know, that is not a positive narrative that, you know, we uh, want our society to, to grow into. Why do we have to inherit the hate of our, our societies, of our cultures, of our ancestors? We don't have to inherit that hate. You know, and this is from all levels and from all people. We can make a decision to start to change our minds because it is definitely a heavy load to bear um, to carry those emotions inside of your, your heart. You know, as I said before, um, the beliefs that, that are built from the ground up um, are the best beliefs 
the ones that start from core values and didn't come from external uh, place that didn't come from uh, your parents or your society those are the best values you know you have to to check um, the programmings that you're getting <clears throat> and your sources of information uh, I had a debate with um, one of my co-workers about if social media is a horrible place to get news and information from and his perspective is that uh, you have these groups that utilize social media for psychological operations and um, the algorithms that feed more information along the lines of what you've been looking at so you start to form confirmation bias based off of seeing seeing similar information and uh, and that is not a good source uh, to understand contextually what's going on around the world and the news is a better source for that because it's vetted it's organized and it's packaged in a way to uh, deliver you what's perceived as the facts um i tend to disagree with that i'm not sure what you guys think <clears throat> but i think that it's great that there are so many different um, media platforms where people can have a voice outside of the structure it's, it's unedited it's raw uh, I believe <clears throat> when I see um, someone take out their camera and record an event real time, I'm not listening to the narrative that that person is putting on the event. I'm watching the event as it occurs and I'm forming my own opinion of the situation. If you see a conflict between a person and a law enforcement officer and it's being recorded, then you have the ability at that time using your own bias and good judgment to determine if there was excessive force or if that person <clears throat> was just for doing that stop or um, applying law enforcement authority to that situation you have the ability to make that judgment when you watch it real time but when you watch it on the news the news will interpret that scenario for you and they'll show you the 10 second clips to support the idea and sometimes they might show you the whole clip but they've already prepped you with an idea and then they watched it it's almost like that yanny versus laurel laurel uh <clears throat> excuse me i have my, my voice is going out a little bit here <clears throat> but yeah there's a yanny versus laurel um youtube video where uh you hear two sounds the one that says yanny one that says laurel and when they tell you or put a, a, a word on the screen that says Yanny, then you'll start to hear Yanny. And then when they change the word to Laurel, you'll start to hear Laurel. And it shows you that your mind will perceive based off of the information, you know, I guess the foundation that's been established uh, in which you'll process that information on, uh, which is a great um, experiment that you can try to see how easily uh, your your conscious perception of things is shaped by subconscious information. Well, uh, I unpacked a lot um, in this conversation. Just want to do a quick recap is, you know, I'm asking you to decide to not choose a box. I'm asking you to decide not to find ways that we're divided and to find more ways that we're alike and apply this not only to your own life, but to your the way that you interpret 
you know, the events of the entire world, of the way that you train your kids, um, judge things on their merit and, and not on the programming that you've been given uh, to perceive things through. Be sensitive um, to the perspective programming that that we're all put through, um, through the education system, through um, the the news cycles that we're exposed to, through the groups that we're members of, through the societies that we live in, all the things that we expose ourselves to, to that aid in our programming. Be sensitive to that and question that and, and broaden your exposure to other things so that way you have you know, a, an evolving perspective. And then finally understand the impact and understand that because of this, um, this issue of programming in these boxes, people are murdered. Hate crimes are justified in the minds of people who do them because they have, you know, built up this momentum over years that, that of, of perspective that they say, okay, I'm justified in my actions. It is horrible what is going on in the world today. Um, I, my heart goes to all those that are impacted. I do not agree with the slaughtering of Palestinians that is currently ongoing. That is my position. I do not agree with the actions that Hamas took to kill 1,400 innocent Israelis. I do not agree with the uh, discrimination that goes towards Russian Americans or wherever else they may be in the world because of what is going on um, by leaders in their own country. There are Russians within Russia who who are fighting against um, what is going on in Ukraine. There are Jewish communities around the world that are speaking out against the slaughter of Palestinians. There are Palestinians who have expressed their their condolence and remorse about the loss of lives in Israel. We are all people and we should remember that. And these boxes, these artificial boxes that separate us is not of our construct. We were born into it. So I'm asking you to break out of those boxes and let peace um, be a priority. And I hope that this message um, shapes some of your perspectives and that we do better. See you guys next week.